0: You are listening to the Kensington Church Podcast, recorded live in Michigan. To learn more about Kensington, visit kensingtonchurch.org.
1: I have this thing I wear to remind me to be present. It says I'm either now here or nowhere. Think about it, it's the same letters you just separated. I'm either now here or I'm nowhere. So I want us to all right now be now here in this moment. Um, This is an an important moment or season that we're in for Kensington. We've been in the season for quite a while as uh, Steve, who's not going away, by the way, he's staying around, engaged with us, but stepping out of the senior pastor role, and for a few years, we've been trying to figure out the transition, and we've had some missteps along the way, and then I got the great joy of coming back and being involved. I feel so honored by God. Uh, You've been
2: incredible, man. Such a gift from God.
1: uh, You have more to say than that? Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I, I feel like... Uh, this place right here. I'm, I'm thinking about. I can go back because I was here from 2000 to 2008, and then went to New York City, and then I've been back from since 2020. But I remember when Craig McGlasson was going to plant a church called Paradox, and he he preached right from this place, and yeah. we commissioned him, and we right sent people right here. Craig, are you in the you're in the room? Yeah, yeah Craig's over here. So think about the movement of God in this place. Um, you know, for me, there was a moment when Chris and I uh, stood here on the stage and. We had hands laid on us and prayed over, and we went to New York City right from this spot now. How many moments have you had here in this place? At least 50 times, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. It's, right you know, it's just a building. Sending um, but, people out. But, it's, but the, yeah. it's also a place where we recognize the movement of God. And so tonight is about worshiping Jesus. It's also introducing to you uh, a man, Brian Mowry. His wife, Becca, is with him tonight, who we believe God is calling to lead in the next season, the next chapter, the beautiful story that we will continue to write that's called Kensington that will impact our community, our state, our nation, and and around the world. And so in a minute, I'll introduce Brian and have him come up. But I just wanted us to think about what's going on here. This is not a movement of the flesh of human beings. This is the movement of God. And that's why we've been singing and worshiping the God who leads us. And so we're grateful you're here tonight, representing all of our campuses. We're grateful that you are all in with us and you're going to be uh, moving forward with us as we celebrate what God will do next. But
2: I want to say that God has answered so many prayers right here. I hadn't thought about that in a long time. Dave Nelson, before we sent him out to Salt Lake City, so many other local churches, we invited people to go and follow the call of Jesus Christ. But tonight is really, it's a unique night. And I was thinking uh, a year ago, some of you were laughing, we were smiling about we thought we had uh, a candidate, and it, and it didn't work out. And I was I was really depressed. Mm. And I spent months like, Lord, what are you doing? And then the Lord brought you. Our elders did incredible, and, and you have been such an incredible gift to our staff and to the church. And then, and then, as we've gotten to know Brian and Becca over the months, um, as a man of peace, as a couple with well-being. I watched him inter- I watched him interact with his daughters. That was what sold me, man. the way his, his nearly adult daughters relating to him with such warmth and confidence is incredible. but I think over the last few years i didn't i felt like I felt like my ideas of where where do we go in the future had had run its course mm-hmm. and I just love his spirit of collaboration, his vision he's a great thinker uh, i'm just very grateful that we've come to this point tonight yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I just want to add to that, Steve, I, I feel exactly the same way. Um, you're going to meet him tonight for the first time, but I met him in July of last summer. That's how long we've taken with this. We've prayed, we've been intentional, we've been careful, seeking God's leading. Uh, Brian and Beck have been doing the same thing. And so we, we, we can say with confidence, at least I can say with confidence, and Steve can as well, and the elders and our leadership team, that we believe this is the person that God has brought to us. And it's a very unique church. I don't know if you understand that, but... Not just that we have six campuses, but every campus is its own church. Mm -hmm. It has a lead pastor. That's not normal for multi-site churches. So we need someone that's gifted not just to communicate uh, the scriptures, but to have vision and uh, strategy, but also to be able to lead leaders and to collaborate. And we think this is how God has wired him and gifted him. So you're gonna get a chance to hear him in just a few minutes. Uh, We do need to take care of one thing tonight. What's that? What do you think it is? Uh, I usually forget, the offering? The offering, so why don't you lead us us in that? (laughs) I want to say uh,
2: everybody, so many of you here tonight, you, you've, you've carried the load. You've been partners along the way. And um, every time I have a moment like this with Craig and with you, I feel like this evening for me is a life reward that God brought men and women to go, we're in with you and with Jesus and wherever God leads us and wherever we go. And uh, Brian and I were together earlier today, and, and I just love the fact that he was like, his, all, his vision has always been, God, if you say go. We go. And I thought that's always been the story of this church. And so thank you for your faithful partnership. There are ways to to give online, but I know that probably nearly everyone here has been a key partner, and we have seen God do work here and around the world far beyond what we ever imagined. And I wanna say the one thing that I believe about Jesus Christ and about you and about what he's called us to do is the best is yet to come. It's always the best is yet
1: to come. So we'll receive
2: our offering with that.
1: Okay, awesome. So um, as the offering is completed, um, Brian's going to come up. Brian is uh, coming to us from Wallen Hill Church in Connecticut. It's a multi-site church. Um, They have a a form of collaborative leadership, so he knows how to work with the team. His wife, Becca, is extremely gifted. She's on staff. Um, We're not hiring her right now, but as soon as we can, I think we're going to find a role for her here. Uh, Right now, she's going to be busy helping their four daughters from age 16 all the way down to 10 acclimate to this new life, so be praying for them in this transition, um, I do think that we've put the word out there. I, ho- I hope so, because if not, I'm going to say it for the first time. Um, we vote for a senior pastor. There's only a few things we vote on in this church. And in the 33 years of history, we've never voted on a senior pastor, because he started, Steve started the church. And so um, a-, a couple weeks before, we will announce it, and the vote for uh, members to vote will be on April, uh, April 30th, on that Sunday and the weekend. It's an electronic vote we do during our services. So we have some time for you to get to know Brian. Uh, we've set, I've sent out so many emails you're probably tired of seeing my name on an email but we want to make sure you have access to learning who he is um, on paper and by watching messages but we're so thankful that we get to hear him in person bring the word of God to us tonight so Brian would you come up let's welcome Brian hey
2: hey should we pray over him yeah, yeah, why not? yeah let's do it cool. come
1: on man yeah <laughs> right here yeah. Uh, we decided we're going to stay up here and critique him as no, he we're preaches. We're going to this or that, this or that. Yeah.
2: No, no, we're going <laughs> to pray over you. Lord, thank you. Thanks for bringing Brian and Becca here. The, just the joy that we've experienced already today, the last couple of days with the staff, party. Uh, was unbelievable. But thank you that um, you've given us a gift of being able to step into a relationship and that you brought Brian and Becca to lead us. We're ready to follow. I'm ready to follow. I'm excited to do that, and I wanna thank you that wherever you lead us, Lord, we'll go. And that's how Brian and Beck have lived their whole life. It's not gonna change now, in
0: Jesus' name, amen. Amen, thank you, thank you. Wow. Well, I've answered a lot of questions over the last seven months, and one of them was this. What are your first 90 days gonna look like if you come to Kensington? And I wrote down, well, my first 40 days and 40 nights are gonna be on a boat with Steve Andrews, <laughs> and we're gonna figure this thing out together, right? Um, it's so amazing to be here. It's amazing to be standing in this spot. I sat over there incognito in November, and then I think over here in January, and to be in this spot is nothing less than the move of God and my family's life. Do you know that we have a God who speaks today? Um, Jesus is alive. He's moving, he's working, he's speaking, he's calling, he's anointing his people. This is what he does. He speaks to us. If you wonder what kind of leader I'll be, this is the kind of leader I'll be. I'm gonna be a leader who listens to Jesus. And wherever Jesus calls us, that's where we're going. Because I've learned so far in my life that the greatest adventures are when we say yes to Jesus. He's still speaking today. How many of you have heard the voice of Jesus in your life before? Praise God. Let me just tell you a couple quick stories about our journey to this moment right here. Because I do want to focus on how God speaks to us tonight. When we were here in January, we brought the four girls with us. My girls age from 17 to 10. And uh, they are wonderful girls. If you're watching at home, McKenna, Nora, Reese, Bria, I love you. I'm so proud of you on this journey. And we brought them here in January and we came to our worship services. We met with a bunch of different people. And then on the Sunday night before we were to leave on the Monday, we gathered as a family and I said, Hey, have you sensed anything from the Lord? You see, we were saying to the Lord, don't just call mom and dad to Hensington Church. Call us as a family. And I can tell you right now that the Lord speaks to every age. (laughs) Praise God. Doesn't matter how how old you are or how young you are, the Lord speaks. And so we sat around, and eventually one of my daughters said, you know, I I did sense something from the Lord. While I was in one of the services, I was just brought to the story of how Peter got out of the boat And I really felt the Lord say to me, If I call you out of the boat, will you trust me? This is my 15 year old. Will you trust me? And she said in that moment, Lord, I'm gonna trust you. I'll trust you. The Lord speaks today. When we decided uh, after an offer came, well, you're gonna decide on April 30th, just to be clear, you're gonna decide. (laughs) I do want to let you know that I told my church that I'm leaving. But don't let that sway you in any direction in this moment, okay? Listen to the Lord. He speaks today. He speaks. He's spoken to us in amazing ways. And so when the elders called and said, we'd we'd love for you to accept an offer to come and be senior pastor. I said, give me a day to pray about it. I want to gather my family. We gathered the family around and got all the girls around, and, and we made a decision. Yeah, the Lord's calling us here. We need to say yes. The next day, my oldest daughter, McKenna, she came back from school, and she told us, you know, when I got on the bus that morning, I was very sad. Imagine, she's going to go into her senior year next year. So there's a lot. There's a lot going on there, right? And so she said, man, I was just sad, I was sad, but I went on the bus, and to be honest with you, I was going to use, they call it the Michigan card right now, I was going to use the Michigan card and call mama to come and get me after first period, right? And so she got on the bus, and she just began to pray, and she said, Lord, I need to know that you're with me today. And she has this mantra that she, she says, it's a sign in her room where it says, everything's going to be Okay. She said that. She said, Lord, help me just know that everything's going to be okay. So she got to her first period class. She sat down. Her friend came and and sat right in front of her, took her backpack off, and on the back of her sweatshirt, it said, everything's going to be okay. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Now, listen, if we were making our decision on that one story, you'd call me a fool. You'd call me a fool, right? But there have been story after story of God moving and speaking to us. And we're just, it's so amazing to be standing in this spot right now. The Lord's had so much favor on the life of this church. You've been so faithful to the gospel. You've been so faithful to reaching out to the one. It is an absolute privilege to stand in this spot. Here's the passage, because I wanted to do some teaching tonight, if that's okay, And I'd love to share out of a passage, I've been praying about this, what passage, Lord, would you have me speak out of? And Beck and I have been praying together, and and this passage kept coming back. John chapter 10, verse 27. It's my sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. Me. I want to split this up into four sections, and in each one, I want to share a lesson and a word, a lesson from the passage and a word that I believe the Lord has, has given me, for me specifically, but maybe also for all of us. So let's start with how Jesus starts it, my sheep, my sheep. Here's the lesson that I learned from this, is that following Jesus is personal, Amen? (laughs) Following Jesus is personal. A relationship with Jesus is personal. I love how he starts by teaching his disciples, my sheep, we're the sheep, by the way. Which isn't the greatest news, by the way. But that's who we are. We're the sheep. But he says, my sheep. I love that because here's what's happening. Jesus is claiming us. You are mine, You are mine, and praise God that we are King Jesus's, that that we are his, that we can know him, that we can walk with him in a personal relationship. My sheep, we have been claimed by the king of kings. We've been claimed by the, the wonderful counselor. We've been claimed by Jesus Christ. Praise God, praise God that he walks with us in such a personal and powerful way. Our relationship with Jesus is personal because he has compassion on us. It's personal because he transforms us. Anybody been transformed in the room? Anybody being transformed in the room? (laughs) It's personal because we're broken and he's the healer. It's personal because he guides us and he directs our path. It's, It's personal with Jesus. I remember I was doing a wedding, which I love to do, And um, this groom got up, and he was going to share his vows, and he wrote his own vows. This can be good, and it can be bad, okay? Sometimes it's very bad. But on this instance, uh, he pulled out his vows, which I was happy to see that he remembered to bring them. And on the vows, this is what it said, verbatim, I am with you, I am for you, no matter what. Now, I had a couple questions when he did that. My first question, if I'm honest, was this. Why do you have to write that down? (laughs) Like, like I memorized it, and they're not even my vows, right? (laughs) But the second thing, then, once I got past that human instinct, was this. Those are powerful vows. And I, I believe, you know, if Jesus were standing here himself, he'd look at each one of us in our eyes and say this. I'm with you, I'm for you, no matter what. Why? Because it's personal with Jesus. He walks with us. He's for us. Now here's the word in this, my sheep. The, 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 the teaching or the lesson was that following Jesus is personal, but, but, but the word I believe the Lord is, is sharing with me and pressing on my heart is this. Do everything you can to bring people to Jesus. Because he wants to have a personal relationship with every single person on this planet. Do everything you can to bring people to Jesus. This is what attracted me to this church, is that you do everything you can to bring people to Jesus. I think of the story that comes out of Luke chapter five, and how some friends bring their friend to Jesus. He's paralyzed but they bring him on a mat. There were many opportunities for these friends to say, this is too hard, this is too challenging. As they approached the crowd, ah, oh, you know what, we don't wanna bother Jesus. As they forged through the crowd, and now they're thinking, oh, now we gotta climb the roof? <laughs> Let's just try another day. As they climbed up on the roof, and they began to dig a hole into the roof, at that moment, they could say, you know what, we're just gonna mess everything up. Let's come back another day. But they didn't. They, they went forward with this passion, with, with this dedication and commitment. Uh, no matter the cost, they were gonna get their friend in front of Jesus. How many of your friends need to get in front of Jesus? How many people in our world need to, to meet the, the grace and the love and the mercy and the blessing of having a personal relationship with Jesus? I'm so thankful for that vision that Steve and the other founders started this church on, this vision for the one. Let's keep going after the one because people need Jesus. My sheep, my sheep, listen to my voice. This is the first command in this passage. This is what the sheep do. They listen to his voice. My sheep, listen to my voice. Here's the lesson in this. Jesus is the one to listen to. There are a lot of things we could listen to, right? A lot of messages coming our way, a lot of static in this world, amen? But Jesus is the one to listen to. Let this always be a church that tunes its ear to Jesus first. And that's what we're gonna do together. We're gonna tune our ear to Jesus first. You know, Jesus, he's always speaking I'm the father of four girls. I can tell you this. As a father, I always have something to say to my kids. Yes? Always. I could always say something. Because I love them. I care for them. Oftentimes, I know what's best for them. And so, our Heavenly Father always has something to say to his children. Always. Why? Because he loves us. He cares for us. And he always knows What's best for us? We need to listen to Jesus. Jesus is the one to listen to. I love here too, just a a moment of of teaching. Jesus is close. He's close. I love that story of Elijah and how the Lord brings him up on a mountain. And he's up on on the mountain and the Lord wants to speak to him. And in scripture it says that the Lord was not in the wind The Lord was not in the earthquake. The Lord was not in the fire that came, but the Lord whispered to him. Why do you think the Lord whispered to him? You have to be close. You have to be close to hear somebody whisper to you. God was trying to say, Elijah, I'm right here. I'm so close. I love that our God is close to us. He's always speaking. And what Jesus says matters, really matters. Maybe for you, when Jesus has spoken to you, it's brought breakthrough into your life. Anybody? When Jesus speaks, it can cut through lies about who you are. When Jesus speaks, it can put you on on the right path that just leads you to, to great blessing, to the giftings God's given you to the assignments that God has for you, which is the greatest adventures. When Jesus speaks, it really matters. You know, friends, I believe we need to become more dependent on the voice of Jesus. As I raise my kids, what I'm trying to do is help them become more independent. That's what we're trying to do. Hopefully, when my kids are 10, they don't need me to hold their hand as they walk. Hopefully, they have learned to walk Hopefully, when they're 25, they don't need me to say, hey, look both ways before crossing the street. Hopefully, when they're 30, they don't want me to come to their job interview with them, right? I'm trying to help them become more independent. Is that the right parenting strategy? You don't know. I'm <laughs> like, I'm desperate to know this. We want them to become more independent. Here's the thing where we mess it up oftentimes is that we think we apply that to faith. We try to become more independent, but it's actually the exact opposite, where God's trying to help us become more dependent on him, more dependent on his voice. Here's the word for us in this. My sheep listen to my voice. The word is this, is that I feel the Lord really calling me to turn my, tune my ear to his voice. I wanna ask you, As I step into this role, to tune your ear to the voice of Jesus. Keep tuning your ear to the voice of Jesus. You know, God always spoke to his people on high mountains. You can see this throughout scripture. Mount Ararat was the place where Noah landed the ark, and, and the Lord spoke to him, and he walked out when the, when the dry land came. Mount Moriah was where Abraham brought his son Isaac, and the, and the angel of the Lord spoke to him and said, no, you don't have to sacrifice your son. The, the Lord spoke in an incredible way. Moses went up Mount Sinai, and the Lord, the glory of the Lord passed before him, and the Lord spoke to him There. It was on Mount Nebo where Moses saw the promised land and the Lord spoke to him in that spot. It was on the Mount of Beatitudes where Jesus, God himself, comes in human form and speaks to his people. It was on Mount Calvary where Jesus was put to death and the curtain was torn and darkness overshadowed the earth and the Lord spoke in an amazing way. It was on the Mount of Beatitudes where Jesus prayed and the Lord spoke and then Jesus was ascended into heaven. It was at Mount tabor where jesus transfigured before three of his disciples and the lord spoke over his son all these high mountains where god spoke listen to my voice so i was asking myself lord what are our high mountains where do we need to go to hear your voice as a church today and here's where i think jesus is going to speak to us as a church he's going to speak to us as we reach out to the one He's gonna to speak to us as we meet one-on-one with one another and we grow in our, in our relationship with Jesus. He's gonna to speak to us as we move out into our communities, as we bring the kingdom of God, bring light into darkness. He's gonna to speak to us as we meet together. Let's call Sunday morning and Wednesday night a high mountain. And every time we come, let's come expecting to hear the voice of our King Jesus. Lord, we know you've got something to say to us because our heavenly father always has good things to say to his children. My sheep, listen to my voice. I know them. I know them. What a powerful word from Jesus. I know them. Here's the lesson in this. We can trust Jesus with and for everything. I know them. Luke 19, one of my favorite stories, you'll, you'll catch that I say that oftentimes because I have so many favorite stories in the Bible. <laughs> one of my favorite stories in Luke 19 is the story of Zacchaeus. And Jesus is walking, Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus, so he climbs up the sycamore tree. and he's, So he's this man in a tree trying to catch a glimpse of Jesus. And Jesus walks by, but he doesn't go all the way by, and he stops and he pauses. And, and the humility of Jesus to look up at this tax collector in a tree. That's the posture of Jesus. And he looks up and he says this, Zacchaeus, come down from there. I love how he calls him by name. Why? Because Jesus knew him. Jesus didn't just see a man in the tree, hey, guy, get out of the tree. No, he says Zacchaeus. And friends, you're not just a person sitting in a seat tonight. He knows you. He knows you. And we can trust him with and for everything. Zacchaeus, come down from there. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Martha, Martha. Mary's discovered the thing that can never be taken from her. Jesus, always using these names. Why? Because he knew them. What does this tell us? I know them. I know them. You know friends there's no one on this planet who understands us better than Jesus. There's no one on this planet who can give us greater help than Jesus. There's no one on this planet that understands the brokenness of this world better than Jesus. There's no one on this planet who can set people free, heal, give wisdom, speak into every situation and circumstance better then Jesus. Why? Because He knows us. He knows you. He knows you. I know them. We can trust Jesus with and for everything. When I hear Jesus say, I know them, this is what I hear him saying to us. Trust me. Trust me. I know the next generation. I know them. I know the hurting. I know them. I know those who are experiencing injustice right now. I know them. I know those who are elderly. I know them. I know the people who are standing in the way, too. I know them. I know them. Trust me with them. And when I heard this and thought about it, here's the word I felt the Lord share with me. Brian, I want you to ask for my heart for my children Let me give you the keys to unlocking and knowing the hurts and pains and circumstances of others. Why? Because I know them. I want to tell you this, friends. Let's never have any man-made plans. Let's ask for the blueprints from heaven. Why? Because Jesus knows the one we're trying to reach. Jesus knows the hearts of his people. My wife's family loves playing card games and I'm not a very good card game player. I like playing them but I'm not that good. Usually this is what happens. It's probably good to know that your pastor isn't very good at gambling and playing cards, right? <laughs> like this is a like this is this is a check mark in this moment, right? This is like a yes vote in this moment, okay? <laughs> Praise God. Like so I'm not very good at it. So um Usually this is what happens is that I look at my cards, and I put them down, and then later on I discover that I had a great hand, like I had the winning hand the whole time. You know, I think sometimes in our faith walk, that's what happens. We might take a look at the world and all the giants in the land and say, oh man, wow, this world is so broken, it's so dark, my goodness, do we have any chance at all? I want you just to lift up your hand and take a look at what's in your hand right now, friends. We have the victory of Jesus Christ. We have the spirit of the living Lord, Jesus, within us. We have his gifts, which are good gifts for each and every one of us. Don't forget what's in your hands. And he gives us the keys to reaching his people. Why? Because he knows them the best. Finally, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. This is the second command in this passage. Listen to my voice and now follow me. They follow me. This is our mission. Our mission is to follow Jesus. Here's the lesson in this Jesus leads his people, Jesus leads his people. I'm sure you've heard this from your pastors before. I'm sure you've heard this from Steve. This is the Lord's church. Jesus is the leader of this church. We praise God for people like Steve who have stewarded it really, really well. And that's what I'm hoping to do too, is to steward it really, really well. But Jesus is the one who leads. Jesus is the Lord of this church. I love in Luke's gospel chapter 9 Jesus interacts with three different people, and and the third one, he says to him, hey, follow me, follow me. And and the third man says this, I will follow you, Lord, but first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Now, that seems pretty reasonable, doesn't it? Okay, just go, you know, Jesus could have been like, okay, just go say goodbye to your family, and then join me along the way. But no, Jesus says some, some amazing and bizarre things sometimes, right? This is what he says. No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. <laughs> okay, Jesus, what are, you, what are you talking about here? What's his point? What's he, what's he talking about? This statement of Jesus is about commitment. It's about the importance of his mission. What Jesus is trying to say is, listen, looking back is going to lead to returning back. And I can't have you return back. You need to follow me right now. Right now is the time to follow me, to say yes to me, to get going. He was calling this man away from a but-first lifestyle. Do you know that the kingdom of God is going to spread like wildflower when we get rid of those words but-first? But-first, let me equip myself. But-first, let me find someone else to do it. (laughs) But first, let me get a little older. But first, let me gain some more experience. But first, let me get a bigger group of people. But first, but first, but first. Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. I don't want you to look back because I know if you look back, you're gonna return back. Follow me. I'm so excited to lead a church that I know is already eager to say yes when Jesus calls right away. To not look back, but to say yes. To not live a but first life but to live a so they did life so they did and so here's what I think the word for us is in this do whatever he tells us do whatever he tells you I was asked by one of the lead pastors in in one of the interviews and he said um I'm just gonna tell you who it was it was Andrew Kim and uh he said to me he said hey Brian this is my question for you what do you want to put on your tombstone?'" I thought that was quite a morbid uh, question. I felt like he was wanting me dead before hiring me. But, um, <laughs> but I thought about it for a moment, and then I said, you know, I think what I'd want on my tombstone is the words, so he did. I'm not gonna get it perfect. Please don't put that expectation on me. It's not gonna happen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you down at some point. But I'd love for my legacy to be, so he did. Jesus called him, so he did. Jesus gave him a vision, so he shared it. So they went, so he did. Jesus asked Peter to push out into the water again, even after catching nothing all night. Jesus asked, so he did. An angel of the Lord told Philip to run up next to the chariot, so he did. The Lord placed on the heart of a little boy to give his fish and bread to Jesus, so he did. Mary told the wedding staff to take Jesus and do whatever he tells you, so they did. And you know the result of each and every one of those. Amazing move of God. Amazing move. I wanna tell you one last story. There's a song that was on my daughter's heart as we've been going through this process. And she came to us finally, she said, you know, mama, papa, we, uh, they call me papa. It's very cute, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they call me Papa. And so um, she came to us one night, and she said, you know, the Lord had been placing this song on my heart for at least a month now, in particular, a, a, a lyric in that song. And I kept stuffing it down because I knew the Lord wanted to say something to me and I just didn't want to hear it yet. Eventually, she got to her youth group on a Tuesday night and she said, all right, Lord, what do you want to say to me? And the song is this song called So Will I, So Will I. And the lyric is this, if the wind goes where you send it, so will I. And the Lord was asking my daughter in that moment, McKenna, if I send you somewhere, will you trust me? Will you trust me with your whole life? She said to to us that night, a little bit reluctantly, if I have to be honest with you, she said, you know what? I told Jesus that I, I would go, that I would trust him. Here's all I'm asking of you right now, and I know the vote hasn't gone through, but here's all I'm asking of you, is that will you trust Jesus with me? That when he calls us, I believe the Lord has big things in store for us. He has another mountain for us to climb. That's gonna bring us into deeper relationship with him than we've ever gone before that's gonna reach more people for Jesus here and around the globe. He's gonna do immeasurably more. Why do I believe that? Because he's done immeasurably more than you probably ever could have thought, asked for, or imagined already. And he's the immeasurably more God. And so he's gonna do it. So all he's asking of us is to say, hey, if you're gonna blow the wind that way, then I'm gonna go with you. So will I, so will I. You've been listening to the Kensington Church Podcast. If you've enjoyed this recording, check back weekly for new content. You can find Kensington on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and, of course, at kensingtonchurch.org.